Internet, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the podcast RFTB. It's continuing mission to explore strange new problems, to seek out new paraphilias and new relationship quandaries, to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. It's Radio Free Topic, and I'm Arthur. <laughs> and I'm Donovan. And we're here this week with uh, an accomplished musician, an excellent jazz pianist. Is that accurate? Uh, yeah, yeah, semi-accurate. We'll introduce you in just a second. Uh, <laughs> that, that would be an accurate uh, description, jazz pianist. Yeah, yeah, I, why not? Why not? I'll take it. I, I mean, even that's a little much, but yeah, I appreciate it. Sure, why not? Jazz pianist. All right. It's Chris Hara, everybody. Woo! Bingo. <laughs> and Chris will be peppering this episode with some uh, some live riffs and, and piano sounds. Wait, who the fuck are you? Did you say who you were when I said I'm Arthur? Yeah, I said it back okay. there, jackass. Right. <laughs> Sorry, I'm already I'm already a couple deep. I'm right there with well, you. How, how are we doing this week, folks? Doing great, uh, man. Doing great. Out here living life, eating chicken fingers. You know how it be. <laughs> chicken fingers, tater tots. Oh, tops. good. I'm having not such a great day, and that's for two reasons. Mm. I'm coming to this podcast somewhat physically broken. Uh, I got out of the gym feeling very sore. I hadn't eaten enough. And uh, I got that tiny bit of relief from taking a hot shower. And then as I got out, thinking I was going to be okay, I uh, zipped my junk right into my pants. way, really? <laughs> yeah, very, very unfortunate. But uh, I'm fighting you... through the pain to be here. How do you do that as an adult man? You have know, some experience man. with I, I zippers. I don't know, man. I, I wasn't wearing underwear this time because I just needed to go and change out of my gym clothes. I was like, I'm not going to put the uh, sweaty fucking shorts back on. Sure. And uh, not used to that situation, so I just got, got a little catch in action in there. Yeah, what what part was it? Was it, the, was it the tip or was it, you know, a lower member? I mean. It was, it was some skin adjacent to the tip. Oof. Okay. At least yeah. <laughs> no, no blood. Luckily, maybe minimal blood. It could have been much worse. Uh, I had ninja sharp reflexes. As soon as I felt the pitch, I was like, "No!" And, uh, I was imagining threw, it was your whole cock and balls that you just fucking zipped up. <laughs> just, oh, just dang it! And, uh, they're still stuck in there. <laughs> just mangled. Well, uh, Chris Arthur described you. The jazz pianist is is kind of a description. You were telling me you were describing to my uh, my friend we were hanging with over the weekend. You're kind of a, a gun for hire musician here in Nashville. You play a lot of different bands. Uh, you play some of the venues down on Broadway. Is th- is that a pretty good description? Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely a more accurate description. Um, you know, just you kind of it's almost like you're a, con- a private contractor. So you go you go where the job calls you, and you play the the goofy-ass pop country songs that people pay you money to play. So, you know, you you do what you got to do to get by, and then, you know, you you get to do, like, original groups and all that. Yeah, but jazz is still still where my heart lies. And, yeah, make make it moves in that direction. It's good. For sure. I've seen you play with a couple of people here. Uh, It's been a little bit, but uh, definitely fucking excellent guitarist and uh, keyboardist is the two things I've I've seen you play. How long have you been playing? How How did you get into this? Man, um, yeah, I, let's see. I've been playing piano. That was the first one I ever picked up. Um, about eight years old was, um, yeah, actually, it's. I'm not a very religious person, but uh, at the uh, church I went to, was growing up at. You know, they had a piano in the reception hall afterwards, and all I could really ever do was look forward to that service being over, so I could go downstairs and mess with that thing. Yeah. And um, yeah, I don't know. I was picking out songs and got pretty good at, it, and I think. One of my parents looked at me and said, like, hey, he's eight and is doing this. Maybe we should uh, get him some lessons or something and took a little bit of lessons, but just developed from there. I think it, you know, it all stems from, like, a lot of rejecting normal societal molds and being like, man, I just, I get I get this feeling I get when I play music and I just want to do this. It's hard. I, I It's almost like once you, once you, once you're experiencing this, like, I can't, you can't sell me on the idea of doing anything else, you know? So it just Beautiful. lit a fire. In I hear that. Yeah. Hell What's yeah. Up, that's kind of the that's kind of the dream in Nashville too, man. I, I know you know probably half my friends down here are musicians. So to say that you're doing that full time, that's that's a big fucking deal. And uh, 
you can, you can see why if you see Chris play. He's got some shows coming up. And uh, if you want to see him here in Nashville, he'll be playing March 7th with uh, Alex Abel at the five spot. March 8th with Alex Abel also at the new venue, Dark Matter. Ooh, and uh, yeah. every Friday, 7 to 10, uh, up at the Stillery. So if you're around here, fucking highly recommend you see him. Very, oh, yeah. very good dude. Very good musician. I would... Uh, well, outside of the... Oh, go ahead. I would like to circle back and uh, and focus in on this on this pop country. Like, what manner mm-hmm. of pop... Are, we, are you playing, like, Blake Shelton tunes for people, too? Oh, man, yeah. If you're playing downtown, man, if somebody comes up and they got money in their hand and they want to hear... It basically is like, you know... Any as long as one guy usually on stage can kind of get through the song, everybody's everybody, at least the people I, I, I play with are usually talented enough that it's like you can make anything really happen. So yeah, somebody comes up with any sort of dingus request, it's like, man, has the bass player heard the song once? All right, screw it, let's try it. I'll just follow you, you know. I mean it's 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 good stuff. But yeah, you know, you gotta you gotta wear a lot of hats. Um yeah. being down there. Um yeah, that's actually what I was going to say too about like you know um, there are I I know there's tons of people that you know they'd think wow you're playing for a living that's the dream you know you you made it and this and that and it's like you know in some res- you really have I mean it's it's a it's a I'm very lucky but um you know it nothing's perfect is what I guess I've realized you know it it's it's great but it's it's not it's a lot of work and yeah it's not always what exactly what you you expected to be but I think I don't really think anything in life is you know. Yeah. No, I'm sure. Especially if you got, you know, a night down at fucking crazy town or something and somebody comes up and requests, uh, you know, fucking with arms wide open by Creed. Oh, <laughs> man. Damper on things I a would be, <laughs> dude, I would be hype. I don't think I've ever played that one. That would be a. All right. So next time you guys come downtown, find me and request that. That'd be a great. <laughs> we'll we'll say that to our listeners. If you see Chris playing downtown on Broadway, please request every Creed song you can think of. <laughs> Well, this is this is, of course, a show about relationships, and so Chris, we do need to ask you our standard question for guests: What is kind of your worst dating experience, relationship experience, what have you? What do you What do you got for us? Well, um, yeah, this is this is. I mean, I haven't really talked about this in a long time, but uh, this was a funny thing that happened to me. I was, I was thinking, it was eighteen, eighteen, um, dating a girl. I'm so I'm from Norfolk, Virginia. I was dating a girl that lives in Richmond, Virginia, which is about an hour and a half away. And I drive out, you know, at least once a week usually to hang out. And plus, Richmond was so cool. So, you know, I get away from the family and get an excuse to do that. But I uh, went out there one time and, you know, mom's not there. Mom's not around. Not like not that her mom wasn't present, but she wasn't around during the day. She was working, obviously. And I went over there and, you know, we were kind of fooling around a little bit and everything. And anyway, she goes to perform an oral service, if you will. And when I, well, so let me backtrack. When I walked in, I noticed she was eating a ham and cheese hot pocket. Oh, no. I think you know where this is going. So this, that she's eating that. We're hanging out. Things happen. Um, This, this, you know, oral transaction begins. And um, I don't know exactly. I think it might have just been a weird spot or something in the back somewhere. And uh, yeah, that ham and cheese hot pocket just came all all up on my lap. Oh, oh no! Oh no! <laughs> I went to the bathroom and you know, washed it off, and I came back out, and she's like, "Well, you want to just do it regular now?" And honestly, ah! the answer was just no. I was like, "You know what? Not really." I, I know I'm 18 and I'm a huge horny dingus, but like, you know what? I, I think I'm gonna have to take a pass on that. <laughs> just a, not a lot of fun. <laughs> Uh, no. I guess some. I mean, and there's got to be someone out there that would pay top dollar for that. But that's that's definitely got to be a thing. I think uh, hot pocket vomit fetish. If it doesn't <laughs> yeah. exist, it does now. We'll seek that out for Somebody... uh, for the uh, fetish foyer for a future episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're listening and you like having ham and cheese hot pockets vomited on your lap post coitus, uh, please reach out to us. Post coitus, <laughs> mid coitus, my guy. Yeah, yeah, pre coitus. Go. <laughs> well, good, good fucking answer, dude. God damn, that was <laughs> that's, that's, that's up pretty there. fucking heinous. That's up there. <laughs> oh man. All right, you, uh, Chris, you ready to answer some questions with us? Yeah, man, let's do it. I'm, I'm excited. Here. All right, Arthur, what you got for us? Here we go. Me, twenty nine M, with my girlfriend, twenty seven F, of nine years. 
I used to be obese, lost a lot of weight, and now look thin. She called my figure, quote, disgusting and skeleton-like when we were about to have sex. I used to weigh over 110 kilograms. After battling several weight-related problems, I decided to start losing weight. I now weigh around 68 kilograms, and my BMI is normal. I have some loose skin, but it's not that bad, and it's barely noticeable. She has been supportive of my weight loss, but in the last couple months, she has mentioned that I've become too thin. Today, we were about to get intimate, and when I was lying in bed naked, she said that my figure is too thin, that it's disgusting and skeleton-like. When she said it, I stopped and put my clothes on and went to another room. My self-esteem is now completely destroyed. She tried talking to me and mentioned that I was now too thin and she was getting worried. I didn't answer her because I have no idea what to say. I seriously do not know what to do, uh, what to say, or how to react. Any advice on how to handle the situation? TLDR was about to have sex with my girlfriend. She called my body disgusting and skeleton-like after I lost about 38 kilograms. How do I confront her about what happened? And that was posted by V6 Mint. Oh, man. That, uh, that doesn't feel good. Especially if you're somebody who's had weight issues. You've kind of made this accomplishment. And then you're getting more stuff. Like, you're going to be hypersensitive right. to that. And then coming from your SO, that's painful, man. That's uh, that's very shitty. I don't yeah, know how... Uh, he, I don't, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, you go good. I don't know how keyed in uh, everyone is to the metric system, but I think it's important to note that uh, 68 kilograms is 149 pounds. Okay. Mm. That is pretty thin. I mean, I don't know his height. I will say, I think it is, she definitely put it, it doesn't sound like she handled the situation very well when saying that, but, you know, it seems like she's genuinely a little worried. Maybe it is almost like a, I think she kind of, disgusting and skeleton-like is, is definitely uncalled for, but, uh, it seems like it's probably out of a place from worry, you know? I don't know. How much is 110 kilograms there, Arthur? 110 is 242, which puts them wow. at... Yeah, about 100 pounds. See. Yeah, about 100, you know, like 90. About 90 yeah. pounds they lost. Yeah. Which, 149, I, I could, I could that's not even skeleton... 149 is not skeleton-like. I don't know, dude. It depends how tall he is. I guess if that's This true. dude's like over six foot. That would be That would be very... Pretty fucking skinny. I suppose so. Uh, Chris, I feel you, though. If, there's, I think it's all about context here, though, about whether or not this is worry or if this person's just shitty. Because uh, people say weird fucking things. People say weird things when they're having sex. Sometimes things come out. So if, like, this is a situation where your girlfriend's been cool with you, she's been supportive of your weight loss, and then this just kind of happens, and she talks to you later and apologizes, you know, maybe go ahead and put this on. She's just concerned for you. And it came out in a bad way. And that still sucks. And I'm sure that feels bad. Uh, but have the trust in her on her word that, you know, she didn't really intend to be shitty to you there. On the other hand, if this has been crappy, if she's been giving you shit through the weight loss process, if she's been crappy to you in other ways, uh, obviously then this might just be an excuse that she's saying that, you know, she was worried and, and, and all of that. So I think it really kind of depends on the background here. This is either just kind of a, you know, a, a weird outburst that she can apologize. You can forgive her or, you know, this is a continuing trend of her being shitty. So I, I'd be curious about what the relationship has been like up to this point. Yeah. Very true. Sort of like a before and after the weight loss, kind of get a better understanding of what they've been, what they've been going through and whatnot. Yeah, nine years, definitely. man. I'm just saying it's a long time too. Twenty nine, yeah. so she was nineteen. He was twenty when they met. I mean, that's a. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. That that math isn't right, but yeah, that's that's still a while. I mean, they. That's pretty close. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> Thank that, you. No, that is that is a long relationship. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that makes me lean more towards this just being kind of a weird outburst. Yeah. On on the other hand, I don't know that maybe she's overweight too, and she doesn't like the fact that he's lost weight. It makes her feel insecure. Yeah, and she right. doesn't want him to do that. It's kind of messing with the balance of the relationship up to this point. I have right, I and... have an idea for this guy. I have an idea. Mm -hmm. You should rejoin us. Come come back to the big side. <laughs> big boys. 
<laughs> yeah, man, start start woofing down fucking ham and cheese hot pockets for every meal. And, uh, <laughs> fix the fix the relationship scale, so to speak. Yeah. Start making fried rice for breakfast. <laughs> I I think though that potential scenario that this is her kind of insecurities coming out. Um, that's definitely something I've heard of in relationships before. How do you think you could address that with your girlfriend if your weight loss is making her feel insecure, but you want that weight loss? Right. Mm. Well, she, if she, if, oh man, people only lose weight if they really want to. Sometimes you really want to and you don't, and that's another issue. But mm-hmm. if you, you know, you're not going to do it if you don't want to do it. Uh, right, right. You so... put a lot of effort into it, and yeah, I mean, it's it is interesting to think. Well, you know, probably a lot of it too is that you know. So if if he just, it seems like he recently lost this weight too. So I mean, she's used to a big old, big old, you know, hefty vs v six mint. You know, she's used to him being a big boy <laughs> for nine years. You know, so I mean, this could have happened like you know a couple within a few months, and she's just not used to it. Um yeah, I don't know. If anything, yeah, give it a... Oh, okay, he did say over the last couple months she's been mentioning that he's become too thin. Yeah, well, really, you know, it does depend on his height, though, like Donovan was saying, man, because, you know, I was... My thinnest I ever was was, was yeah, about the same weight. 68 kilograms! But, um... And, I mean, I was, I was like a skeleton <laughs> being six foot tall. It was... It really wasn't healthy in, in hindsight, but... So, yeah, it, I mean, she, she might even have a point there, but, yeah, I'm sure it's just... It might be like a temporary... Tippery thing, she's just, you know, think your your surroundings, the the things that you've known to always be the same way are changing around you and you're just, you know, not really mm, um receiving it receiving it well, I guess. Yeah, she's still making the that. adjustment. Exactly. Like for me, there's an adjusting period like uh when my SO gets a haircut. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I feel that. Let alone losing ninety then- pounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's essentially a kind of transformation. You know, your your partner is kind of drastically different. I, I say you take two points of focus here. On your hand, uh, maybe kind of c- compared to your height. I mean, he says his, his BMI is normal, though. I guess just make sure you are doing all right in terms of, like, health-wise. I don't know. Maybe be on the lookout if this is something that's becoming problematic, you losing weight quickly or making you unhealthy and talk to your girlfriend about that and address that. If that is a real concern there, the other half of it, if this is, you know, about you changing and her being uncomfortable with that for whatever reason, I think it's also about talking to her about it. Let her know that you still love her. You know, this isn't changing the way you feel about her. It has nothing to do with her. It's just that you've always wanted to lose this weight. You can finally do it and you feel good about that. And she, you know, she has nothing to worry about there. Um, but it's just kind of allaying those potential worries that she could have about, you know, this being a real drastic physical change in the relationship. And uh, but as Arthur said, like haircuts can freak you out, little fashion changes. There's just going to be an adjustment period regardless. And uh, I, I think with that talking and with time, this this can be all right. I agree. Yeah. I agree. also tell her tell her not to call you a fucking skeleton anymore. Jesus yeah. Christ! Please, please, please allay the skeleton. Yeah, I feel that. As a man who looks like a skeleton himself, I'll tell you, it's not a fun feeling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's let's take skeleton out of our vocabulary for describing humans, uh, unless they've recently exited a grave yeah. on Halloween night. <laughs> All right, we got we got anything else on this? Are we ready for this uh, next question? I think we're ready to move on. Yeah, let's move By on. By the way, I just well, read cool, the post design uh, name for this, and I'm freaked out real hard oof, for this next yeah. one. Buckle in, because uh, I, 19M, am doubting marrying my fiance, 19F. We've been engaged since last summer, and since then we've been planning everything out, figuring out the cake, the guest list, the wedding party, etc. I know she's been getting excited, and I have been too. I think I love her, but at this point, I'm not sure. We have very different ways of looking at life, and I'm worried that it'll cause problems later. When we have an argument, she wants to not talk and have time to cool off and approach it again later. But I want to talk about it right then and get it settled, which often leads to more fighting. 
I know this isn't going to resolve itself, and maybe I'm being selfish, but I don't know. The biggest problem is that I'm an atheist, and she, a diehard Christian, doesn't know that. I don't think... Ah, God, yeah. I don't think as long as I'm with her that I'll ever start believing in Christianity, which can only hurt her. At one point, she told me, if you weren't a Christian, we wouldn't be together. Oh, my God. Wow. So now I'm hiding a part of myself from her, which can't be anything but bad down the road. She's a really great person, super sweet, and she makes me really happy. But ultimately, I don't think she's what I want for the rest of my life. I want to live life a certain way. I want to enjoy certain things that she disapproves of. And I know that'll just make us, that'll just make us both unhappy. I feel trapped in this engagement, and I don't want to break her heart by leaving her. Not to mention the fact that she's helped pay for a lot of the stuff in my apartment, and I don't want to take advantage of that. TLDR, my fiancé and I went different lives, but I don't want to break her heart by leaving her. And that was posted by 19 and Trap. Yep, there they were. Shit, that's the fastest they ever came in. God damn, you hear those (laughs) horns? Holy fuck. (laughs) Yeah, uh, uh, air air horns definitely called for here. This This is bad. Why did you get engaged? Well, you don't, you think you love her? You haven't told her, you've told her you're a fucking Christian and you're not, you know, yeah, you have that's... all these lifestyle things you disagree with. You moved in together. Why did you get engaged? You're 19. All of these things. Like, this I don't is think... just a fucking maelstrom of mistakes. I don't think he ever told her that he was a Christian. I think that, that a lot of people just right. fall to that as the default. Yeah. You know, I mean, I that's, that. That in but, itself but still, is if, you know, yeah. if she brings it up. Yeah, exactly. She brings it up. Yeah, I mean, if it's she, just she does bring know, it up. Just, yeah, that's a fundamental. That's a fundamental point that that's just not really going to work at all. I mean, I think what it really comes down to is I think they both kind of. I guess it's at just. I mean, they're getting married, so I mean, they're definitely. Um, they're definitely. They're they're kind of solidifying what they're doing and this and that. They're solidifying the relationship, but I think that foundationally, foundationally, I mean, they're just. It's not. You guys are completely different planes right now, brother. You know, it's. Mm-hmm. Just opposite worlds that are just trying to force this thing, and now both people are not happy. And I don't know. It's it's I, I don't. There's a lot of key differences. Yeah, dude, you're 19. Come on, man. She's 19. You guys. On, if on I got married to that. who I was, top you know. That. On top of that, go ahead. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. On top of that, yeah, exactly, man. I'm just saying, if I if I got married, I know that if I had gotten married at 19, I would have been. A, a completely different person, and B, miserable, probably. I don't know. I mean, and it's like, you know, just especially in the, those those formidable years, man, there's just so much so much learning you do, and there's there's no reason to, you know, there's no reason for them to, to them, them to stop dating, but I wouldn't say, hey, let's do this, you know, act in front of 100 people and our family and friends, and now the government's exactly. involved in our relationship, too, and now money's, you know, who's getting this, who's getting that? If yeah, you split yeah. it, I'd be like, dude, that's come on, man. You're yeah. 19, you know. You're you can't even buy beer at the damn gas station. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. Let's uh, I, let's let's go point by point here, because he brings up uh, two issues of the relationship. The first of which is their argument style. Mm-hmm. That she wants to walk away and take some time to cool off, and he wants to. He's like me. He wants to squat on a problem and tinker with it until it's fixed. Yeah. Um, that's that's solvable. Um, you guys compromise. will you, you know. compromise. You'll come to an equilibrium on that. The fact that she says, "quote If you weren't a Christian, we wouldn't be together." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you don't that's, accept that's Christ big. as your Lord and Savior. Uh, that's that's an issue. Man. No, and you and you can't just fucking play pretend on that. Like even if you even if you think all that's bullshit and stuff, it's important to her in the relationship and you're effectively lying to her even if you don't, you know, outright say that you're a Christian. You're you're dodging around that. So basically, some of these points could be fixed in a relationship. You could sit down and have the conversation about you being an atheist, but you still love her and maybe it would work out. You could have the same thing about the argument styles, lifestyle, etc. But, like, by fucking getting engaged and, as Chris is saying, bringing in finances and fucking legal issues to this, this is already a stew of problems, and you're just going to make it worse here. You need to address those things before you get engaged, before you get married. I mean, maybe not even before you get engaged, but definitely before you get married here. You you need to sort this shit out 
before you fucking make this big commitment. Because if it's a problem now, it's going to be much more of a problem when all those factors are brought in. Right, right. Well, it's almost like, you know, if... I don't consider... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I don't consider either of them adults. I don't think you're an adult. You're 21. Shoot, dude. I'm 27. (sighs) I don't feel like I'm an adult, so... (laughs) Right? I'm still still figuring shit out, man. I'm, I'm not fucking... Yeah, I'm not prepared to be to be married either. But I do understand the impulse, and especially in relationships earlier in your life. You know, you you feel things so fucking strongly, and without kind of the, uh, you know, letdown of experience in the past, kind of changing your ex- expectations and making you a little more realistic. I understand being like, I fucking love this girl, and what do you do when you love somebody? You get married. Mm-hmm. But you can't you can't just dive into those emotions. They're good to have, but you can't you can't go fucking full tilt on everything and completely disregard all the bad parts. You know? It it, it does not just work out because you love each other. Very much the opposite sometimes. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. I I yeah, there's definitely fundamental differences that it, that are either gonna have to be addressed and worked out or i mean well if it really comes down to you're not a christian and if if you i'm sorry if you're not a christian then like i'm not gonna date you if that's really how that if it's gonna be that cut and dry then like you have your answer man i mean you know i mean it's i know sometimes it can be scary (laughs) to leave the thing that's been safe and a a constant in your life but it's better to just rip that band-aid off now than let 10 years go by and let a bunch more hairs grow into the band-aid before you rip it off you know than to uh, than to book a venue and fucking have to put a deposit back on a caterer, you know? Exactly, exactly for, for real. And it's the same about not wanting to break her heart. You're you got to realize you got to choose the lesser of two evils, like Chris is saying. This is going to end poorly, no matter what. Your best option is have the sit down conversation, and she's going to get hurt. But it's better than dragging this shit out and hoping she never finds out you're an atheist. <laughs> you're just gonna you're gonna go to church. You're gonna start wearing a fucking like Saint Christopher pendant and shit. Yeah, I, it, that's just not it's not gonna work. No, it's, it's all right. Not. But fucking good luck to you, and good to you for you know asking this question and realizing there's a problem here, and your doubts here are valid. So talk oh, to her, sure. see what you can do. Uh, but you can't just keep pretending these issues don't exist. Yeah. yeah, y'all need to have some words. For sure, for sure. We believe in you, though. Yeah, yeah, y'all, y'all be fine. Yeah, even if even if in breakup, you you will be okay. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah, exactly, man. It's yeah, you will survive. Life will go on. Life, <laughs> you're 19. Life will go on, <laughs> yeah. and you'll be fine. Oh yeah. Well, what do you say? Uh, we walk away. From this uh, this hellish union, from the altar, <laughs> <laughs> to uh, man, I'm on a roll with reading the names before uh, I read the question and being mm-hmm. enchanted. This, it's some very good names. Yeah, this, this week. one's pretty good too. Okay, uh, I, 35F, moved back to my small town, and social anxiety is killing me. I'm Baby. a thir- <laughs> I'm a 35-year-old woman, married, two children. I guess I'm your typical socially awkward and quiet person. I was bullied a bit as a kid. I was weird and really into theater. And when I think back on how forcefully eccentric I was, a defense mechanism, boy, boy, is that an at at me. I feel that very deep (laughs) in my body. Uh, But when I think back on how forcefully eccentric I was, I cringe so hard. I feel like everyone who knew me from age 0 to 18 must hate me. I've grown into a relatively normal adult. I can make friends, and I'm pretty good at small talk, but I live in this, with this deeply ingrained instinct that most people hate me. I know it's bullshit, but that doesn't change the feeling. I guess I know where it comes from because my mom is the same way. Pretty normal, but deep down very insecure and awkward. It must have rubbed off on me. My husband and I live in a large city, a little less than 2 million, uh, for 16 years, and I thought my social anxiety was 90% cured. Now, with two kids, we wanted to look for a bigger house, we wanted to be closer to family, so the choice fell on my hometown. It's super small, and most people I went to school with still live here. It kind of breaks my heart because I really want to live here. The kids love their school, their freedom to ride their bikes around the neighborhood, the closeness to nature... My husband and I love the big house and the low cost of living. My siblings all live close with their kids. 
but the social anxiety I remember from my teens is suffocating me. I hate going to the store. My new job is within walking distance, but to get there, I walk past the house of a woman who was kind of shitty to me in high school. So I make up excuses to drive to work so I don't have to feel like I need to stop and say hi when they hang out on their porch. I don't want to snub people either because I don't want to live in that prison, what, in that prison OG anxiety. Okay. I'm 35 and I'm just too old. Prison, prison of anxiety. Okay, fine. I don't want to (laughs) snub them and I don't want to live in that prison. OG anxiety. OG anxiety and shit. Uh, I'm 35 and I'm just too damn old for this. Any advice? TLDR, I'm a grown woman with a family, friends, and a job I like, but my small town social anxiety makes me feel like a prisoner who doesn't want to leave my house. And that was posted by, I'm in a public bathroom. <laughs> oh. Yeah, qu- quality, quality name there. Great name. And uh, to, out there to you in the public bathroom, it, it, here's the deal. Fucking everybody was weird in high school. Uh, pretty much, in in some way, everybody was insecure in in, in some way. And unless they were, unless they were aggressively normal, in which case that's a reaction to their anxiety. Exactly, it's a worse problem for, to for have. Real. <laughs> yeah, or, or you know they're put together at a young age and lucky. At which point, like they probably understand this stuff. And so peaked I, I in think high school. In general, yeah. So I, I think in general here, you're 35 now. That was, what, over 15 years ago at this point? You know, coming up on 20 years? Uh, nobody's going to be fucking thinking that way about you. Like, oh, remember when exactly. she like wore a fedora to fucking high school? <laughs> so I think I think the broader problem here, though, is that you've got some anxiety. You've got some social anxiety. And, and that's normal and all right, but that's something you can deal with, you know, with, with therapy, uh, medication if need be. There's a lot of options for that. So I think that should be your point of focus. And kind of stop worrying about, you know, you're running into fucking Chad from uh, B-Bell Calculus, and he's going to remember that time, you know, you you started using a pencil as a microphone, and you sang uh, you sang some Creed to the entire class to try to get attention, <laughs> you know? And if it does remember, it's going to be funny, because maybe that's a good bit. Sure. Yeah, seriously, man. If someone did that in my high school, I would think they were awesome nowadays. <laughs> yes. Dude, you were sad, amazing. Sad. You were way ahead of your time. <laughs> I think yeah, I exactly. think cool people, like people that are worth knowing are going to remember you like fondly for your yeah. things you're anxious about. People that aren't worth knowing, like I'm concerned with your desire not to snub people. Fucking high school people are eminently snub worthy. You can just walk the fuck away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's very true, man. Uh, exactly. You know, it's you got to remember it's been what twenty years, if if well, maybe you know, plus or minus five years since you've really even seen these people and interacted with them. I can guarantee you they didn't spend those last twenty years thinking about that one embarrassing thing you did that one day. And if they did, <laughs> it's like you know, I mean, I'm sure it's so uh, such a minuscule part. Like, no one's ever waking up going, you know, whatever her name is, Karen, public bathroom lady. Oh, do you remember that time Karen, you know, uh, I don't know, sneezed in class and got snot on her desk? It's like, no. Dude, what? <laughs> Everyone else was feeling the exact same anxiety you're feeling, but inside their bodies. That's <laughs> like, totally true. You know? No, nah, because that's, that's the bigger thing there, too, is, is with anxiety. It, it projects those things. and you, You're focused so much on behaviors that go unnoticed that it seems to you like everybody would notice those things, uh, but they fucking don't. And especially <laughs> high school kids don't. I mean, at the time, yeah, very possibly, but it, down the fucking line, man, nobody's, nobody's focused on those things. Agreed. Agreed. I have, yeah, I feel like I've got like the, the spark notes of high school memories. And I mean, that's only, you know, a few dozen and they're all, they're all involving me. I can't think of anything embarrassing that happened to somebody else. Yeah. That's, I know I'm I'm almost ten years younger than you. I'm in a public bathroom, F thirty five, but I'll tell you, nobody's worrying about that stuff. Yeah, just get over it, just forget about it. If anything, move out of that damn small town. Well, they they got kids, so that's probably not going to happen. But she loves loves the cost of living, and the kids get to live close to nature. Yeah, and the family nearby, and I get that. That's a that's a good family environment. But can I tell uh, you this? Uh huh. Can I tell you this? You walk past uh, the girl who was, you know, shitty to you in high school. You walk past her place to go to work, and they're sitting on the porch. 
and uh, they try to flag you down like, hey, what's going on? Just be like, don't you have a job? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Like, wait, what, why isn't she working? You know, get a job. Or just keep walking. She, the, whoever this girl is that supposedly was really shitty to her. I mean, unless it was like some weird, like explicit, like, oh yeah, she beat my ass one day after school. I mean, she probably has no idea that she even like impacted this this woman in this negative way, where she's remembering it almost twenty years later, worrying about walking past her house. I'm sure she's not. That is not what she's thinking about at all. You know. No, definitely not. If anything, it's, you know, she's calling out to you. It's her recognizing you and just trying to be friendly. You know, unless she is just the filthiest garbage human of all time and is like, yeah, I remember when I fucking pants to you in front of the the fucking math class and I'm going to do it again in front of the neighborhood. (laughs) Uh, But I think that's pretty unlikely. And she's a goddamn sociopath if that's the if that's what's happening. And uh, nobody likes her in that case. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. That's that's not that's not what's (laughs) happening at all, man. That's. If that were the case, too, I mean, how could you even take that seriously? That would almost just be too funny to even, you know, I don't know if someone really like, man, I remember painting yeah, you 20 yeah. years ago. I just die laughing. Like, dude, how are you still thinking about that? Like, you haven't done anything with your life more, more noteworthy. <laughs> <35. Yeah. laughs> than that time you yeah. pantsed me. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Don't care about the opinions of losers. No, I, I, I... And, and I think you're good on this one. I think most of those people have moved on. So get some help for your anxiety, but but focus on your family. And uh, fuck it. If somebody recognizes you, be friendly to them. Give them the benefit of the doubt because people change. And people definitely change 20 years later. True. And if they don't, fuck them. Yeah, I True agree, that. Man. And fuck them if they don't. You're exactly right. We were all shitty when we were kids in high school and teenagers, man. I don't know. So it's like you just it's not like you take that stuff with a grain of salt, but it's you kind of have to recognize that like we were all learning and just making mistakes and not being perfect. Not that we're perfect now, but you know, we were, we were all learning back then we were kids. We really didn't know what we were doing. So yeah, I, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't hold too much against her. A little her. bit better. A little bit. Maybe just a touch, a touch better. <laughs> all right. Good, good luck out there. Uh, public restroom lady. And, uh, you know, it, it's gonna be all right. Get some help for the social anxiety, if need be. But don't don't get so caught up in this. Enjoy the fact that you're close to home and you got a good place to raise your kids. It's it's good times. Yeah. And all you owe those motherfuckers on the porch is a friendly wave. That's all you owe them. There, there you go. It's true. Exactly. Well, hey, before before this next question, uh, I do got to plug a question box real quick. Asking all the questions. Asking all them questions. Why you asking all them questions? Making statements. Uh, we don't have a question this week. We have a brief stub. And uh, I'd just like to remind you, listeners, we have our anonymous question box. You can submit your own questions to the show. You don't need an account. You just type it into the box. You press send, and we'll read it on the show no matter what it is. You can find the link on our social media. You can find the link on our website under a tab that says, like, ask a question or something. Ah, I wrote it, but I don't really remember what the link says. And, uh, yeah, I post them occasionally, too. So send us your questions. But this week, all we got is this little stub, and it's a suggestion. And it just says, try and interview someone with two penises. <laughs> so, uh, well, guys. Arthur, Arthur, tell the people what it's like to have two penises. Well, uh, it you need a lot of discipline. Uh, when you go to urinate, you need to, you know, the guys out there know. Controlling your penis, it's uh, a reasonably routine thing, but just double the amount of, of concentration it requires. And it's, um, you know, it's my cross to bear. It really is. And, well, see, uh, so here's, yeah, especially your cross to bear if you kind of bend them across each other. That's what I was wondering. What's the setup? Can I just? I just want to. <laughs> what's have, the What's the setup on that? Are they Are they you know ones above the other one and ones below it? Or are they side to side? Is there like a? You, it's like a tree hope. root and they're splitting out from one from one you know one position. Yeah. Well, in my I case, bet they're referencing. There was a there was a famous uh, AMA on Reddit that may have been fake. I don't, I don't remember, but a dude with two penises allegedly, and, and that those was ones real. Were side by side, I have to believe that one was real. Yeah, I couldn't remember if I heard an update on it. They well, were side by side. Yeah, so I, I guess so I they just want that. some of that. 
I've seen video <laughs> of uh, a dude with two penises urinating. And uh, nice. they're side by side from what I saw. Yeah, so you just, you know, a hand on each one and uh, aim them. You can even, you know, like those ropes in the gym that are kind of a bullshit exercise where you make the waves with each one, you can do that <laughs> yep. with your pee, and, and that's kind of cool. And I'm sure they would talk about that if they were on the show. But, uh, hey, if you're a listener and uh, you're blessed with two members, uh, why don't you give us a call and uh, we'll have you on the show. I offer this as my solemn promise. If I ever meet someone with two penises, they're coming on this show. Agreed. <laughs> By force, if necessary, we will kidnap them. <laughs> Talk about your cocks. <laughs> well, well, all right. Speaking of uh, speaking of dicks, let's go ahead and get back to the questions here. Because uh, mm-hmm. husband of five years send dick pic and blames it on my chronic back pain. All right. Whew. It all started a few months back. I was a bit distance with him. Distant with him because I was working full-time, despite chronic back pain, which meant I just wanted to sleep when I could, and sex was painful. I asked him if he was okay before I went to work one day, and he told me he wanted to die. Yikes. Managed to get off work and went home to find out he'd sent a dick pic that morning because he felt I was always busy. And in parentheses, two young kids, chronic pain, job and management, only person in the house that does washing, tidying, cooking, or cleaning, etc., just started trusting him again and then he goes out on christmas day gets hammered and doesn't come home until an hour after i told him i'd be serving first course and laughs when his brother calls me a bitch then on new year's eve a night we planned on spending together he tells me he's bored i tell him to go to his friend's house if he's wanting to party and he tells me he'll be back by 1 a.m without prompting i actually didn't care Then he stumbles in at 4 a.m. and says I'm a bitch for asking him to be home by 1 a.m., which never happened. A week ago, I told him I'm not happy, and he cried and told me to give him a chance. Am I a horrible bitch for thinking I deserve better and that we'd both be better off apart? So TLDR, my husband sent a dick pic, stays out hours after he says he'll be home, and blames my back pain for it. That was posted by blah blah 8484 well, I'm just going to go ahead and, and say one Fuck! thing really quick. Yeah, if he's got to be cheating on her. There's no way he's not. If 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 she caught a text mm. message of him sending a dick pic, I feel like that's that's just a that's the tip of the iceberg there. I don't know. It's staying out till 4 a.m., <laughs> showing up home drunk. Like, I mean, he could genuinely just be getting drunk at a buddy's house, but mm, I don't think so. I don't think so, it's Bubba. It's definitely suspect. Mm-hmm. No, definitely suspect. This is fucking awful. Um, I feel horrible for this woman. Yeah, seriously. There's no reason in it at any point you should ever be calling. He should be. There's no like. I hope you know that there's. It's not for. It's not like there's anything you could, especially what you've been doing and that's just everything that's been going on on in your life. There's nothing. There's no reason that would prompt him to actually call you a bitch multiple times to your face and his brother doing it. If his brother's doing it, that means they're talking about you behind their back, about your back, and. Saying much worse things, yeah. not you know, not to put shit in your head, but come on, man, that's nobody deserves that. That's not right, especially the person you love and you're with. That doesn't make any no, sense. D- definitely not. And you know, that's on top of all the shit you've been dealing with with the back pain and having to take care of everything because of this scumbag. But you've been you've been married for five fucking years, and I would say it to this dude and people in general: when you get married and relationships in general. You fucking signed up for taking care of your partner when stuff happens. They're not there to be fucking perfect and fulfill every one of your sexual and other needs. And then when they can't do that, you just get to fuck off and find somebody else. That's fucking bullshit. And you owe them more than that. And they're a fucking person too, dude. It's not all about you. Jesus Christ. Fucking go off, queen. Seriously. Just full tilt fuck this, dude. I, yeah, that, that's not right. I don't know living situation. You got kids. I, I've mentioned before, I think it's in general a good idea to at least attempt to keep the relationship together for the sake of your kids. But if your husband is this actively toxic, that's not a good environment for them. And that's not a good environment for you. So I, you know, if you see some potential of him responding, respond, being responsive to marriage counseling, or something along those lines, maybe give that a try. But just based on what you've said, I don't, I don't have a lot of faith in that. 
and I think you and your kids would be better off with without this asshole. And you do deserve better. God damn. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So I was gonna say you're not a horrible bitch, and you're. Yeah. I read emotional manipulation. Yeah, seriously, here. man. Seriously, it's especially yeah. when he, uh, you know, you bring it up to him. You're like, I'm not happy. Uh, I think we'd be better off apart. And then he just breaks down into tears. That that yeah. reeks of emotional manipulation to me. Exactly. That's that's you. That's him not wanting to confront the problem, actually talk about anything, and just last ditch effort. Oh, you know, drop the bomb, start crying. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think, you know, why do we, you know, make it a, make it a last begging chance. Make it all about him. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Fucking Ridic- back that's to ridiculous. that. It's classic manipulative technique. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. fucked up. So I, I think we're in agreement. We hate this. I think this is very <laughs> airhornable. I don't think this is probably going to be salvaged. So for your sake, you know, you definitely deserve better. I, I say you get out of this, and yep. uh, maybe maybe throw this guy in a in a garbage disposal. Who knows? <laughs> Just floating that idea. Yeah, you ever seen um, those big like uh, garbage crushing machines that have like the big metal claws that go on like a big circular machine? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the opposite oh, yeah. kind of geared teeth. Yeah, dump them in one of those. Very effective. Good idea. Yeah, at least nobody would call you. Yeah, a you bitch reach anymore. out to us. Uh, I got a guy. Yeah, he ain't gonna there call you a bitch. Go. His brother <laughs> called you a bitch. That's so fucked up. Yeah, man. Seriously, like to your face, his brother calls you a bitch, and then he laughs about it. Not cool. No, absolutely disrespectful. Fucking stand up for your so. Like, but think about again, that for a Chris, second. You were saying. Think about that for a second. One of your siblings calls your SO a bitch in front of her and you're there. What's yeah, the you reaction? Laugh. You laugh about it. Yeah, that's, that's I, I think it's what Chris is saying. I, yeah, he's man. definitely talked to him about it before. Oh yeah. He's you, just yeah, been saying garbage behind your back and so the brother a, thinks it's okay. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, that's no good. That guy sounds like he's no good. Blah blah blah. Eighty four, eighty four, sixty four, whatever it is. Uh I don't know. I mean, you know, you never know. Maybe some people can change, but if if he's if this is the way he if this is who he really is, this guy that's saying all these things and doing all these things. Well, see, what's even crazier is that what this is all stemming from is from the fact that she can't have sex because it's too painful. Like, I guess that what it really comes down to is, I mean, that's got to be for him at least. That's a very deciding factor whether or not I, you know, this person that I'm I'm dating and and am with. Is also I I you know is also a, my sexual object you know so I I, mm. I think he's kind of also got to ask himself what his definition of uh, of being in a relationship with his significant other what that what that definition even means because I mean if it certainly doesn't mean as soon as your wife stop uh, isn't able to fuck you that throw her throw in the trash I mean that's that's not gonna work man that that ain't cool. Not cool. No, objectifying disrespectful garbage to your partner. And uh, you signed up for better than that, so fucking live up to it or get out. Couples counseling. That's it. Period. You need it. You need a professional. Yeah. (laughs) I'd add some jazz chords there. He's not that great. I wish you would leave him. <laughs> Make the right call. Yeah, find yourself a trash compactor. <laughs> yeah, throw him on in. Ground up his bones. <laughs> <laughs> there we I go. know I did it this before, is the but... upgraded air horns. When we get enough air horn points, we upgrade into into Chris's key plank to shut down bad relationships. <laughs> oh my god, that's so good. Most effective method, man. That's so good. Yes, yep. it is. <laughs> you guys want to right, guess we'll move on to the next uh, one? Yeah, let's, yeah, uh, let's hit it. Let's hit it. Let's get out of here. Woo! I developed a relationship over text, and it's awkward in person. I began texting my crush, 19M, or I-18F, developed a relationship, blah, blah, blah. But I began texting my crush, 18, 19M, over winter break seemed like he was being flirty, like he genuinely liked me and wanted to get to know me. We would talk at least once a day for about a month and would send these long-ass detailed paragraphs to each other. 
I revealed things to him that I would never feel comfortable revealing to a typical friend, such as my family background, my motivations, my goals, my insecurities, things I wish I could improve about myself. It's hard for me to talk about myself, and I'm generally a very shy person. I'm very selective about who I open up to, and it usually takes time for me to get to that point. But somehow, with talking to him, it felt okay to be vulnerable with him. We seem to have a real connection. Well, now I'm back in college, and interacting in person just isn't the same. I was so sure he liked me through text, but in person it feels too formal, not flirty, and kind of awkward. I guess I was too naive to believe that everything would be the same. Somehow it feels like the text never happened, and that's scary to me. I revealed so much about myself, and now it feels like I fell in too hard, too fast. I think the texting really ruined the traditional arc of meeting, getting to know each other, developing an in-person connection, etc. How should I go about saving this relationship? Despite the fact that our in-person interactions are a bit awkward, I definitely still like him. I've never felt like I could be so raw with someone before and felt like they understood me and liked me for who I was. I definitely think that chemistry is there, just not face-to-face yet. We don't have any classes together anymore, and I don't ever see each other on campus. I only saw him the other day because I asked him out to eat. Very uncharacteristic of me. I'm shy. I want to develop an in-person relationship, but I'm not sure how to go about this without forcing it, especially when it seems like he is hesitant to make any moves and isn't giving off the flirty vibes he did in text. TLDR. I'm really connected with my crush over text, but the in-person interactions are just awkward. How do I go about saving this relationship? And that was posted by throwaway string of numbers. <laughs> you, you both got some anxiety. And that's, and that's normal. I fucking know this shit firsthand. You know, especially on Tinder. You meet somebody. There's something there. And you meet in person. And, and my little anxiety system's like, oh, time to freak out a little bit and make it hard to talk. But it, it doesn't mean those talks you had weren't fucking real. And you just you just gotta get comfortable with each other in person because you know it's, it's it's different. And that's when the anxiety comes out. So you don't go to dinner, go to a bar, get fucking drunk, have some real ass talk, and I think you'll be more comfortable after that. That is yep. that is what usually works for me. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. It it sounds like both of them are just very nervous and in person. And you know, if you're if you're communicating with this with this other person just solely through text, and that's. You know, I mean, there's also there's. I mean, it really is. It's it's a lot easier to say things via text than it is in face to face. You don't actually have to confront that person and say anything. You know, so I mean, I can, I can. I mean, this is. I, I would say none of this is maybe not out of the ordinary, but none of this is like super abnormal. Like I think we've all kind of no. felt that. It's it's. I think yeah. Well, like we, what you were saying though, it's very important to just remember. Even if this, well, I don't know his name, but this guy is showing up and he's not. Um, he's not expressing the same flirtiness or this or that that he was through text. It's like, you know, he's, even if he's not expressing that or being kind of weird, I'm sure he's still feeling it the same as, as she is and just doesn't really know what to say about it, you know? And Yeah. Yeah. Because it's tough. It's fucking tough when, you know, you've had kind of this medium that you've been communicating over, you're comfortable with that. And then all of a sudden you're in person and like there's body language and it's like, mm-hmm. oh my God, am I sweating? Duh. She didn't know I was sweating over text. What if she thinks that's fucking weird? Like exactly, you, you start yeah. focusing on all, all those things and then it makes it harder to talk about normal shit and act like yourself. And that's, you know, that's a thing that happens to people and, and that's all right. But you can, the, the feelings are there. You can definitely get past that. Grab his dick. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That'll break the ice. Yeah! <laughs> fucking, like, oh, fucking, you were talking about blowing out these back walls on this fucking text. Fucking, we better get in here and get it. You know, like, <laughs> I th- I think if if you're open to it, and if it seems like it could be a decent idea, if you guys get physical with each other, all this shit gonna melt away. Uh, that is true, too. Yes, yeah, that's very true. I'd say don't do anything you're you're not comfortable doing. Absolutely. For sure. But, but yeah, no, I mean, it's... At the end of the day, it's just it's just the old horizontal monster mash. It ain't that. It ain't nothing to be too afraid of. <laughs> oh, of course, the old horizontal monster mash. It was the monster fuck. Was, yeah. <laughs> they did the fuck. It was the monster fuck. There we go.
God. That's the music that plays when you're doing the horizontal monster mash. <laughs> Nothing quite gets Eat you in the mood like. And your problems will melt away. <laughs> Eat his ass and your problems will melt away. Put a tongue on that love button and the anxiety will fly away. <laughs> But I think I think both of these options both of these options are legit. If if you think you can kind of get onto the physical stuff, also initiating that shit is difficult. So no, I I think I think jumping in on the the physical aspect to get comfortable isn't a bad idea because a big a big anxious block I, I know for me is like initiating those things. It, it, it's kind of difficult. Do they so want to do stuff guy, with me? <laughs> yeah, but so I think this guy, if he's uncomfortable, if you just kind of go in for a kiss or something else to kind of show you're cool with that, or even fucking talk about it if you feel like if you feel like you can, I think that'll help him open up too. Because all of a sudden, there's not that anxious block of like, does she want me to kiss her? What if it's too much? What if I fucking yeah. freak her out? Et cetera, et cetera. I, I think right, right. being proactive can help him too. You know, and you don't even have to, you know, come in there swinging like, all right, I'm kissing this dude and grabbing his balls. Like, you know, just <laughs> you do is just touch his hand or something. I don't know. I mean, yes, like little signs yes. like that or just a little, you know, come over and say something. They, t- you know, touch on the back or something, you know, like, I don't know, just any sort of like small physical contact. I, I feel like I feel like anybody's really going to pick up on it. You know, so I, I think yeah, even definitely. that's enough. You don't have to, you know, just. Yeah, throw your shirt off and and go to go getting crazy, but yeah, I mean maybe initiate put, something. I don't know. Put your clitoris in his ear hole. <laughs> <laughs> Which Clit- one? Do you hear this, baby boy? Jesus. Ah, ah, I'm disgusted with myself. Clit fuck his ear canal. Do it. So anyway, do that and uh, see what he thinks and get back to us. <laughs> yeah. I'll reiterate, too. I think a, a beer or two can really help with this for both of you. You know, maybe instead of... Di- Another fucking weird thing for me, I never go on dinner for a first date because I get so self-conscious about eating. And I'm like, oh, my God, what if I drop like a noodle on my fucking lap? I'm going to look like a jackass. And it's just another addition to the fucking anxiety tangle there. Mm-hmm. So I think you go get a beer with them. You have a couple beers. You guys loosen up a bit. You realize, okay, things are cool once we're not anxious, and, and that makes it so much easier from then on out. Even you know, even when you're back to being kind of sober and all that. Yeah, take so, them rock some, climbing, some sort of icebreaker. Yeah, fucking rock climbing. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like uh, you know, you've got these kind of every everyone. We we set up these walls in our minds, you know, and uh, they kind of you, they block you in, and they keep you from saying what you really want to say at times and expressing yourself fully. And I feel like a in the right amount, alcohol helps make you know kind of knock those walls down a little bit. You're just a little bit more open, so yeah, I think I don't think that's a bad idea at all, really. I mean, I know that I can't believe I'm over here suggesting someone take drugs like alcohol, <laughs> but it might do y'all some good, man. I know it. I mean, it did me good. I, I feel like I'm. I'm sure Donovan did you good. Arthur, I'm sure it's done you good too, man. I feel like we've all. <clears throat> It's it's not all evil. Yeah, give it a shot. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think you guys are on the same page, and you just you don't see you're not seeing it yet. You know. Yeah, just get get past those barriers, whatever way you can, and, and shoot your shot. I think this is going to work out. Yeah, yeah. You guys got a promising start for sure. Tell you what, can you uh, can you can you give me like a little bed of just some like uh, give me something a little a little loungy. You know, can you can you hit me with that? Our intro song is the song hanging on by the band Nowhere. You can find their music at nowheremusic.bandcamp.com. Good shit. And uh, a little change up at the outro this week. As opposed to Stephanie by the Hayfellows, you can find it at thehayfellows.com, Instagram.com slash thehayfellows, or on Spotify, search the Hayfellows. Uh, we're going to go ahead and let Chris play us out on this one. It's been really nice having you with us, folks. Yes, it has. And again, a second plug for Chris. Uh, yes. March 7th, Alex Abel at the five spot. March 8th with Alex Abel at Dark Matter. 
both here in Nashville, and every Friday, 7 to 8, at the Stillery. That's right. Man, it's been a good one this week. I feel good. I hope y'all feel good. I'm feeling good, too. And fucking thanks again for coming on, Chris. It's been, it's been good times. Thank y'all for having me. It's been a lot of fun, man. I hope I'm not overplaying with this piano here. No, I'm fucking loving it. This is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, have a great week. And we'll see you next time on Radio Free Tote Bag. And don't zip your dick. Tip in your zipper. (laughs) Yeah. Don't. An atheist, not tell your lady. (laughs) Don't call your significant other a bitch. (laughs) Fuck yeah. Alright, that was perfect. That was fucking perfect.